Hey guys, welcome to episode four of Ultra Melodic Podcast. Today we are going to be discussing streaming and how it has affected the music industry. We're going to talk about its effects and we're going to talk about some positives and some negatives. Um, so let's just dive right into the topic today. And Dylan, you want to get us started with um, with the effects of streaming? Yeah, so streaming in the music industry, you know, during this past decade, it's really risen and it's became the main music consumption unit, essentially overtaking digital and physical sales, which if you remember, if you're old enough, I would hope you're old enough to remember. But, you know, back when I was really, really young, we would always buy, you know, albums or singles on iTunes, you know, you would pay for them. It's, iTunes is still available now, but it's not the main consumption. And then, you know, we, we've always had CDs and, um, you know, you know, physical copies of albums throughout the years and singles, but it's not as common as a consumption um, now as it was, you know, in previous years. So with the rise of streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, um, Google Play, Amazon Music, and even YouTube, which has been around for a bit longer, but it's still a, technically a streaming service, there's been a huge amount of consumption within streaming. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at how long this has been for. So in 2014, late 2014 in November, Billboard 200 implemented a rule where basically before the total units that would go towards the charts were only pure album sales. So those would be physical or digital sales that you purchase. But after that, they implemented a rule where streaming units on different platforms, such as Spotify, would be counted towards those. So they would be called SPS units, sales plus streaming. So that's basically been the main unit of consumption. And I really think it's affected the music industry in a lot of ways. You know, first of all, starting with Spotify, it came out a little bit before Apple Music. I think it came out in 2010 or 2011, but it didn't get really rise in popularity until 2014, specifically late 2014. So that is def that definitely played a big part of the music consumption we have now, considering that Spotify is still the top leading streaming service globally, even though Apple Music, which we're going to talk about now, that was released in June 2015. And it is it is it passed Spotify for the top paid streaming service. So in so there's still more total Spotify users in general but there's more in the United States only, not global. There's more paid users for Apple Music now. So those are really the two main streaming services. And I really do think as a user of both, I use Apple Music now, but I've used Spotify in the past. So as a user of both, some of the things that I've noticed is streaming really, really on-demand streaming, I should say, not YouTube, but on-demand streaming puts an emphasis on playlisting Everywhere you go, there's playlists, playlists, playlists. You know, they have recommended, you know, playlists for you based on your preferences. They have, you know, certain playlists based on genre. Spotify has today's top hits, which is a massive playlist that has millions of followers. And that is really, really where I think a lot of people now are getting their consumption of music. And I really do think this is a lot different than what, you know, how people consume their music before, you know, the streaming era. You didn't have to, 
we necessarily didn't have a platform where you could just go onto it and everything's there for you. You had to make a little bit more effort to look into it. And because of that, promo campaigns, promotional campaigns from artists put a little more effort into it. Because if you're trying to make more effort to buy, to, you know, purchase single or to buy something, because that you have to spend money out of your pocket for each individual unit, then the promo campaigns are going to be a lot different. So this kind of trans transitions into a lot of, you know, arguments that I've seen and um, discourses from, you know, fans and standums essentially about like why eras, you know, aren't the same now as they were back then. And I really do think that you have to look at this from the record label's perspective and how they're getting revenue. So they get revenue through, you know, overall consumption units. And now that streaming's the top consumption unit. They're mostly getting the revenue from that. So they need to look, they need to look at the source and say, okay, how can we make the most money off of this? And how are we going to effectively promote them to the point where people, the general public streaming the songs essentially. And that's how they promote it through Spotify and Apple Music and whatever the platform is, the playlist on there, because that's essentially what the source is. So they're not putting as much budget into music videos or live performances. There are still live performances, but it's not the same. And you know, people say like, it's not as eventful now or whatever, but that's just the way the music industry has changed and led to now, I feel like. And there's a lot that goes into it. So that's really some of the main uh, key components as to how I think streaming's affecting the music industry now and how it differs from the digital and physical era. So, yeah. No, I completely agree with you there. Obviously, it has changed how record labels and how artists do make money and how we as a public listen to music. It has completely changed um, everything. Um, so Spotify actually came out in 2008. I Googled it. So Spotify came out in 2008. It's actually a pretty old platform. Um, but again, as you said, it gained popularity around 2013, 2014. So I personally joined in 2014. Um, and I'm an avid Spotify user. I have not used Apple Music at all. I love Spotify. Um, I've paid for the premium. So I am one of their paying customers. So I'm paying for their premium and yeah, one thing you said was playlisting, which I love. I know Spot, I'm not too sure if Apple Music does it a lot, but I know Spotify curates dozens of playlists for you. Um, I have a new playlist that Spotify makes for me like every week almost. Um, so I have like, there's an on repeat, there's a repeat rewind, there's a time, there's so many different types of playlists that, it curates for me. It's really weird how Spotify actually can can do that based on my music taste. Um, but I feel like that does kind of jump into a little bit of like what the benefits of streaming are. I think it's one of the benefits of streaming um, is that it can it, uh, apps can do things like this. Um, it increases the accessibility for users. I think that's the overarching benefit of apps and streaming services. Spotify has, I think, about 30 million songs, give or take. Um, I did, I was Googling it. So just imagine like you are on your phone and on one app, you, you can have this access for free, 30 million songs for free. And if you pay for it, you can have it ad free and at the touch of a button, right? This is, 
that amount of power in your hands as a user is uh, is incredible you know for the same price i think premium for students is about five dollars per month and for regular people it's ten dollars per month so basically for the price of like two or three album purchases i can get any almost any song i want to listen to mm-hmm. almost everything you could ever want to listen to is on the app for the same price as like two or three albums which is crazy i think i love i love that accessibility i love that i can listen to whatever i want whenever i want to essentially um on top of that though i can also not only can i listen to my favorites i can also find new artists that are very similar to my favorites um and spotify can either again curate playlists so you can find these new people or you can just on your own scroll through and they have features that allow you to discover new artists that sound similar if you go to an artist page it'll have like more like this artist and you can listen to other artists that you may not have discovered or known about before that point but now you can listen to their music and broaden your scope um as well so another big thing also is um now that's that's huge for the users for the artists themselves though that's streaming services uh extend their reach for the for artists so they can these artists that may have only been able to reach a certain small group of people can now reach an even broader group of people through streaming services and again it's not it's because of the accessibilities that the user has but also in addition to what Spotify and probably Apple Apple Music as well does to push these artists out to people through their playlist options. Yeah, I definitely think that um, when we're talking about accessibility with these streaming services, it's just so much easier and so much different than it was in the physical and digital era. You have everything at the axis of your fingertips, essentially on these streaming platforms, millions of songs and artists. And, you know, with the recommended features that, you know, lead you to certain artists, it definitely creates for a more convenient and accessible discovery experience. I do think, though, that a lot of the time streaming has definitely changed the the way that artists make albums, in a sense, because, you know... For me, as an album, I'm an album listener. So, like when we're talking about like playlists and streaming or playlists on streaming platforms and such, I do know of it, but that's not necessarily what I go to. So, I've definitely listened to so many albums over the years, and I've really examined, you know, which albums sell well, what gets popular, and with streaming, essentially, I've been noticing that more and more albums are getting longer in terms of the amount of tracks they put on but the songs themselves are getting shorter. So back in the physical and digital era, we would normally have albums that are about 10 to 12 tracks in song lengths and um, the, sorry, the song lengths, the time lengths themselves and the songs would be at least for three to four minutes. You know, it's definitely, it would be considered short to have a song other than a few albums, it would be considered short to have a song that was below three minutes. But now all the songs that are getting popular are like underneath three minutes. Like there's two and a half minute songs everywhere. And it's definitely crazy. And I actually did find 
this uh, statistic that within the past years, the average, the, the, within the past five years, I should say, the average song length that's charted on the Billboard Hot 100 has decreased by 20 seconds. So that, that may not seem like a lot, but it actually really is when you're thinking of song lengths because that is a decent chunk of a song. And the reason why I think this is, is because from the record label's perspective, you know, what you're going to generate more streams and more revenue off of is, you know, having it, having shorter songs, but longer lengths in the track list, because you're going to get more streams with more tracks, but it, there's going to be more replay value if the songs are shorter. So you're going to play them over and over again. So that song is going to get more streams along with the whole album, because it has so many songs on it, you know, and, um, that's definitely something that I do think a lot of um, albums are like now, as opposed to back then, especially the popular ones. So it's definitely interesting to see how they've tailored um, albums to fit like that. And then also, I feel like going back to different aspects that streaming has with, um, with the current landscape, not only with music, but with the way we communicate, social media, social interaction, you know, these streaming services also act like a social media platform because they have these features where you can share songs, you know, you can put them on Instagram, Snapchat, you know, like, and like you can put them on there, you can send it to your friends, you can follow your friends. Like I know Spotify is a little bit more into this than Apple Music, but Apple Music still has it, but you can do that. So it's kind of like a whole social interaction, you know, where is, I feel like in the physical and digital era, it wasn't necessarily like that you were getting the songs for yourself and you know, you would actually have to meet up in person or maybe you could screenshot it and like send it to them, but you would have, you don't have a profile. Like no one, unless you know your Apple ID and password and stuff, you can't know everyone's music that's in their library. But now it's so much different and it's so much more accessible and easy to do that. So that's another aspect that I think has changed. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And that statistic that you were saying, I, I saw the same statistic. Um, and I saw that the average song length on a Billboard Hot 100 song is now three minutes and 30 seconds. So and I feel like this trend of the songs shortening and shortening is just going to continue as streaming becomes even more and more prevalent. Um, so yeah, I mean, in a way, so I, I am, I'm not an album listener, actually. Uh, I am, I am a big song I, I just like listening to songs if I like certain songs off an album I will listen to those only for the most part um so for me like I love the playlisting options because I can put whatever songs I like in a playlist and just listen to that instead of having to listen to the whole album um and that's why I also pay for premium because I can just listen to whatever song off an album I like so th those options I do tend to like a lot more than having to listen to the to the full album or to get to a to a song I want um but uh yeah no and also about streaming platforms becoming social media like Spotify is huge on that on the desktop app there's like a whole friends column so you can you can see what all of your friends are listening to at that moment or what they were listening to when they last opened the app which is great because in a way also you can see like oh my friends listening to this let me go listen to it myself it allows you to discover more and more songs that you may not have discovered prior to that which i think is a great thing um about streaming services like that um but you know streaming services aren't all that good you know they still have they still have negatives to them and the biggest one is 
that they don't pay artists very well. Unless you're like Beyonce or Justin Bieber. If you are someone of high level and status anyways, you're going to get money no matter what. But for smaller artists, this isn't a great way for them to be making a lot of money. Spotify pays a third to a half of a penny per stream. So just just think about that and try to do the math. And I'm not going to do the math. But it's going to take a lot of streams just to make a small amount of amount of money. I mean, it's ridiculous how little they get paid. And then there's also the well and another thing is the cost of premium right because you can get spotify for free but you can also buy it for premium for five to ten dollars depending on if you're a student or not i know apple music i don't know if apple music is free is apple music free no it's the same price as spotify for students and for regular okay yeah so there's that there's that cost of being a, a member with all these extra perks and the mon- all the money doesn't go to Spotify directly. I think only about 30% goes to Spotify. So let's take the $10, for instance, for premium users, because it's just easier to do the math that way. 30% of that will go to Spotify themselves, no matter what. But then you have that 70% left. That's going to go to the record label. And the record label actually decides how much money of that 70% the artist will get. and there's a lot of other people involved in a record label. Obviously, you got the producer, the writer, the, the PR team. You got I don't know. There's so many people that they have to pay for. So that's that piece of pie gets cut smaller and smaller and smaller for every single person involved. So the artists ultimately don't make a whole lot from Spotify streams, unless of course they are someone of big status and big stature. So that is that is a problem. Um, with streaming services that needs to be resolved though i'm not entirely sure how that can be resolved unless they do something differently with how much revenue that they decide to give to artists you know something uh, else that i was thinking about you know for like you're saying newer artists that are up and coming on the scene how this may be more difficult for them to get their head start i always thought like that you know ever since streaming's you know at least since 2016 or 2017, I've been thinking to myself, like, I don't think we're ever going to see an artist that just jumps on the scene and gets huge again, like Britney Spears or, you know, Gaga. They, like, came out of nowhere and they just jumped on the scene. And I always thought that until this year, Olivia Rodrigo. And I'm like, what the heck? So I I feel like I was proven wrong a little bit in a way that, because my original theory was that I really believed that every artist would be a slow burn. Even Billie Eilish, don't get me wrong, she did not come right out. Everyone's like, she came out of nowhere. No, it was overnight. She had an EP before. She was pushed on playlists. But until this year with Olivia Rodrigo, I guess that proves that they can still be really popular, even though... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, actually, actually, I mean, as much as Olivia Rodrigo was almost overnight... She did have music out before. That's what what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say, even though Olivia Rodrigo already had somewhat of a following on Disney and stuff. So my theory and my suspicion is is that 
if you don't have a following like that where you were originally in something else where you have somewhat of a fan base, especially with your social media following, you know, with Gen Z and the younger generation, if you don't have something like that, then I think it will be harder. I, I'm I'm open to be proving wrong, you know, but I really do think it's very, very hard for someone to break out of the scene so quickly like that. It's very, very gradual, I feel like. Also, I feel like another point that I wanted to make earlier somewhat i feel like there is somewhat of a trade-off in terms of artistry maybe it's in a bad way to people maybe it's not but i do think with streaming there is somewhat of a trade-off because i think streaming focuses less on the albums as artwork themselves you know as an art piece but more on pushing certain singles or you know as we talked about the links and stuff like that so maybe this is just coming from me being biased as an album listener but it's really what i think I feel like it's going to be hard for people to uh, to really become legends, as you call it, from now on. I really think we won't see the traditional form of a legend happen that much. It will be really special if we see someone like that. But I don't think we're going to see the traditional form of a legend that we've seen in the past with the streaming era. I think it's we're going to have to redefine the term because we're going to really have to look at, okay, how, what are they doing that's contributing to the music industry? How is it different now for the streaming era than it was in the physical and digital era? You know, it's definitely going to be a lot different. And I feel like streaming, it creates for less of those, you know, you know how I was saying about like the promo campaigns, like performances, music videos and all that. It's really creating for less of the iconic moments, you know, that you look at people's you know, legacy. And they're like, oh, I remember this moment they did. I remember that moment. And it feels like everything in the streaming era is coming and going so quick that it's like, how are these artists, you know, going to be able to build like a legacy for themselves? They can build a name for themselves, but what are they going to be remembered for, you know? Mm -hmm. And I do think there will be artists out there that do prove themselves, obviously, in terms of their talent, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a different, um, a little bit of a different assessment for the label um, of a legend that we need to give them, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I think the term legend is going to be completely redefined. Like the, what we come to think of as legend status is not a thing anymore. Like this is the end. The people who made it big in like the early, in the late 2000s, like 2008 and that, 2009, yeah. that's kind of the, that's the end of the people, of the people that we think could be legend what we think is legendary status. I think we're going to completely redefine the term. And and you know all all the concerns that you have are very valid. But it's also it's just the way our society is moving now. Everything is just moving with the with the age of social media and and apps like TikTok. Um everything is just so fast-paced now. Trends aren't trends for very long anymore everyone's just looking for their 15 minutes of fame to get them just enough fame so they can do whatever they want from from that point on I mean rappers come and go these days you know pop even even pop artists they sometimes just just come and go they they release a few good songs and then you don't then you realize where'd they go they they had their 15 minutes of fame and and that's it and, and that's I feel like that's just the direction we as society are, are moving towards and streaming is certainly helping that for the music industry. You know, everything's just so fast paced. You can't keep, you, you can't stay on top of everything so quickly. So your concerns are absolutely valid, but I just think that it's the direction that we are headed and the music industry is just catching up to it. And so we have to make adjustments. 
we do have to make adjustments and, you know, ask someone who's been into music for so long, like since I was a little kid, it's definitely been quite a change for me to see it. I'm still so young. So I definitely know I'm going to be dealing with this a lot more in my future, but you know, something that I forgot to say a little bit earlier on is in a specific um, aspect of music that I feel like I can pinpoint that's changed for this is more for the pop genre not necessarily for rap but pop listeners out there if you notice this comment down below or something but I really feel like bridges in music are going away so the bridge being the moment between the second course essentially and the final course you know I feel like those are disappearing in mainstream music and it's because songs are being cut shorter I'm noticing songs have different structures now it's not necessarily the verse course verse course bridge course it's just like the first two verses and courses or some sort of like outro or like intro or something so that kind of was an adjustment for me for me to get used to even though there are still artists like Taylor Swift for example like you know they do bridges and stuff but um, a lot of the popular artists now what you hear on radio don't do the same thing and those are like those used to be some like my favorite parts of songs so it's definitely interesting yeah no I I I do see that a little bit I'm not too sure how I don't know if that affects the rap genre though but even rap songs are are getting shorter yeah. they're just everything's just being cut down verses are shorter nowadays you know features are shorter Every, everything about songs are, is shorter really and rap albums are longer too. Most rap albums are like over 15 tracks that I see at least. Yeah. See, and and as someone who's not an album listener, I like I don't like that. I'm like I don't I I want to listen to this whole thing, but I I can't sit through even though the songs aren't that long, which okay. is such a weird it's a weird feeling. It's like I'd rather listen to like a 10 track album that has songs that are all 4 minutes exactly. long than yeah. a 15 track album where every song's two and a half minutes i don't yeah. know why it's kind of like you don't i've always been like literally i make a list of all my favorite albums are mostly like 10 and 11 tracks because mm-hmm. 15 tracks there's bound to be filler and especially now that they're shorter i feel like they're bound to lose identity a bit you're not you're not going to be remembering what this specific track sounded like i feel if it's no. so short and you're just moving on you know and i no. feel literally every time i i talk about a really long album i almost always say there's filler there's filler there's filler no matter it's like all these long albums can be trimmed except take care by drake i don't care the album's perfect but (laughs) (laughs) i have i have some too exactly like like there are some where it's done nicely but most of them i completely agree also, I feel like interludes specifically are becoming a lot more half-assed and, you know, definitely not as impressive now is what I'm seeing. I feel like a lot of people are just putting interludes in there to make it seem artistic or just to, you know, just because other people are doing it. But back, you know, in, you know, in like the 2000s, I feel like a lot of interludes that I were hearing actually fit with the album and the artistic vision. So that's also another aspect of the album's artistry that I think is changing. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely good interludes out there. I feel like you just have to look for them and they're not in the very popular albums. So Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I'm I I don't really have much to say about interludes as someone again, just not an album listener, so I just tend to skip over them after one or two full album listens. They're just I, that's just the way I listen I listen to music. Um but yeah, no, I agree. I think 
I think everything about it has just completely changed. So yeah, I definitely agree. So that's basically all I have to say about this. If you want to say anything more, Venetia. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I think it, it certainly has had a lot of, you know, good effects, especially for, um, the user. I think for, I think streaming for users is great, you know, for we as the public, I just don't think streaming has done as much good for artists and for the music industry itself but you know with changing times with technological changes societal changes with all that the music industry has to change as well it can't stay the same so you know it's kind of a give and take just like with everything else that we go through it's it's a give and take and this is just the new reality of of the music industry that we have to live with and I just hope that these new artists find a way to really showcase their talents and their artistry in this new format Mm -hmm. I agree it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this evolves because I personally don't know 10 years ago I wouldn't have thought the music state would be in this point so I'm definitely excited to see how it goes and yeah that's basically all we have to say about this topic how streaming's affected the music industry what we think of it how it's benefiting it and you know how it's not at the same time so thank you guys for tuning in thank you for listening this is episode four of ultra melodic podcasts on episode five we'll be doing an artist of the week for ariana grande the one and only so we are excited to do that we have a lot to say about her so make sure you guys are there for that and thank you guys for listening this is me dylan And Venetia, thank you guys so much for listening. Bye, guys. Bye.